Hello, 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 hello. Welcome back, my Truth Over Tea fans, friends, and fanatics. It's me, your continual host, Christopher Wilmot, where we're learning to tell the truth over spilling the tea to the LGBT community and beyond. I welcome you wherever you may be joining us today, whether it's here locally in the States or globally as we're getting some listeners and viewers there. Welcome, come on in and welcome back if you've been tracking with us over each season. But if this happens to be your first season, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. You know my name. I'm 29 years old. I have been a disciple as we're learning to call ourselves um, with the Lord for about seven to eight years now, walking with him and just following him as a disciple. The Lord has discipled me into the three things that we're learning on this podcast, which is acceptance, change, and practicing self-control over same-sex desires. Yeah. And a little bit of tea about myself as you heard some of it being stirred in the background. Here's some spilling tea that you may be interested in that I spent four to five active years in the LGBT lifestyle identifying with homosexuality. So I have come into an understanding of the truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is Jesus himself. And he's discipled me to understand that God accepts you, grace changes you, and you can't control you. So whether you're in the community or even out, all three of those things can benefit you. Even though this is a podcast targeted to the LGBT community, it's not limited to the community. So I welcome you. And so without any further ado, grab your tea and join me. Like, comment, and share this if this installment of truth can bless you or somebody you know. Without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's installment of truth. Hello and welcome back, my fans, friends, and fanatics. As the introduction has introduced you all, and I welcome you, whether you're in or out of the community or whenever you happen to be listening to this, if it's at 7 o'clock p.m. on Tuesdays or whenever you have the time or um ability to tune in. I welcome you and I appreciate you. I thank you again for your listenership. And as we've been discussing and diving and divulging the topics of identity, we're going to continue in that same vein, talking about our interesting title and topic for today. Why are you naked? Now I'm getting kind of creative with these titles, but hopefully it's not deterring any of you from wanting to listen. But it's really interesting coming from the perspective of Adam and Eve in Genesis 3, which we've been kind of parked in. God has been really um, speaking to me more and more about these passages of scriptures that we've kind of already reiterated, but we're milking even more out of it or milking, yeah, even more out of it. And so um, typically when the Lord's constantly on me about a scripture or about a story or about a passage or a topic, I like to stay in that vein until he releases me. So I don't feel a release from the spirit of God to kind of move on from these passages of scripture. So we're going to park there. So in doing so, we're going to go right back to our previous laid foundation uh, scriptures, which was Genesis 3 that discussed the fall of man. And then verse 10, um, where God is looking for Adam and Eve, asking them the question, um, where are you first? And then um, who told you you were naked when they responded and said, we are running from you and instead of to you because we were naked and we're afraid. And so I think that's the really the representation of most of society today is that most of society, whether you're black, white, gay, straight, whatever perspective you're coming from or background you're identifying with, I've noticed a lot of people are struggling still to find out who they are and who they believe that they are is not who they are. And this is what's keeping them either from God, from the church, from the things of God, because they have identified with something that is not from God or not of God. And um, 
through that identification has caused them to misunderstand who they are and unfortunately even misunderstand who God is. And I want to show you through this installment of truth just how society has robbed so many of us, myself included, of who we really are in Christ and what we're able to do through Christ. I reference a lot of this in episodes past, as I said before, but we're digging deeper. So don't find this to be uh, too repetitive or redundant because I'm going to try to take a different swing at it and approach to the same topic of identity, but just taking it and tackling it from a different perspective, hopefully a refreshing one. So again, Genesis 3.10 says, um, for context, we like to start in verse nine, the Lord God called out to the man because he was responsible of the garden, just like I believe men today are responsible for society. Now we need the help of women, but the ultimate responsibility for society falls on the man because man was given the first commandment. Make sure you protect this society. Make sure you protect this garden, dress it and keep it. And do not let any serpent or a slew foot one slither its way into the garden to deceive, to uproot, to pervert, to, 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 uh, uh, to, uh, what's another word I can synonym I can use. Um, to uh, pervert, to deceive, to uh, manipulate, and so on and so forth. Do not let the devil do this. Do not let the enemy do this. Do not let the serpent do this. And I believe he's saying the same to us today. So verse 9, he's saying, man, where are you? Because you're obviously not on your post. <laughs> and as I said before, I believe God's still constantly calling out to the man today. Where are you? Where? Why is more women in the church than men? Where are all the men? Where are all the men in the presence of God? Where are all the men for society standing up for it and protecting it? And our further our fellow uh, sisters in Christ. Where are the men? You know, so verse 10, he says, uh, the man finally responds from somewhere in the shadows. Obviously, he says, I heard um, the sound of you in the garden, God, and I was afraid. First introduction to fear we saw here um, because I was naked. So he was afraid because he was naked. And he hid himself. So he isolated himself. And I think that's the context of what's going on with men today. They're isolating themselves from the presence of God. Why? Because I believe they are um, insecure. If I really can get deep into that, I believe a lot of men, not just men, but a lot of men and in, in, in even society is very insecure. Why? Because they're naked. <laughs> naked in this context is in the form of no identity. So when you have no identity, you're going to feel naked. You're going to feel insecure because there's nothing to secure you, nothing to cover you. You don't have your own sense of self. You don't have an understanding and awareness of yourself and therefore God. And so because of that, you most likely going to run and hide yourself. This is where we see in society this um, trending thing now that's, you know, come about that everybody's calling themselves introverts. You know, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. And as I said before, God never once made an introvert. He said specifically in Genesis 2, I have not made mankind to be alone. So if you're being alone and desiring to be alone more than you are with people, that's not a healthy trait from God. But again, if you're starting to identify with that and call it God, no wonder why you're doing that and living that way in your life. And so verse 10 says again, who told you you were naked? Or excuse me, verse 11, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were introvert? Who told you you were gay? Who told you all of the questions um, that I was asking you in episodes past? Who told you that? Because it wasn't God. And I guarantee it came from something that you either A, have made God or B, um, you're using as a God by identifying with it or going to the source of that regarding who you are and, 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 and regarding who you are in the context of your identity. So he says, who told you you were naked? And then he says, have you eaten from the tree that I've commanded you not to eat from? Now, we see here, as I said before, 
Now he starts to blame the woman. So now we have the battle of the sexes going on right here. We saw that from episodes past as well. The man's blaming the woman and and the woman's blaming the man. The men are against the woman. The women are against the men. If you would just be secure in who you are, you wouldn't need a comp. You wouldn't have to feel this competitiveness, if you will, with an opposite sex or the same sex or another race, another faith. You should be secure in who you are and what you are. But unfortunately, when you're not, we see the insecurity come about. And so insecurity, I would define as no security on the inside. No security on the inside. Now I got some tea or water with me today, so I'm going to sip this while you milk that. <laughs> no security on the inside. When you have no security on the inside, you're insecure because there's nothing inside you to secure you. And that's where identity comes into play because if you knew or know who you are, of course, we know to do that in Christ, you are going to be secure. And as we know, we're going to be secure in Christ. So Christ or the truth or the word of God, um, actually, let's get specific. As I said before, the truth in the word of God is what we're going to to understand and discover our identity and and also understand and discover who Christ is so he can reveal to us our identity. Because as we know, our identity is discovered in Christ because Christ is in God is who made us and, and put us in this life, if you will, not to be poetic. And we got that from Genesis one and Genesis two, Genesis one. 126 says that man was made, mankind was made in the likeness and image of God. So unless you go back to that reflection to reflect your, your who you are, you're not going to, you're going to always be living below the bar because you have not gone to the right reflection to reflect who you are. You've gone to the wrong source or tree to tell you who you are. And that's what he's saying to Adam and Eve. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I told you not to eat from? So in our context for today, as we've been saying, have you been going to the wrong source to tell you who you are? Have you been going to the wrong person and place to tell you who you are? Because if you are, I guarantee you this is what has happened to you. You are naked and you are afraid. You're either you're um, you're you're suffering some form. Some, no, you're suffering from some form of fear. Hence why you're insecure. Um. Um, you're you're in this competitiveness between sexes and races and fates, which I'm seeing all too much today. And let's look around. Blacks are against whites. Whites are against blacks. Democrats against Republicans. Republicans against Democrats. Uh, blacks. I mean, uh, males are against females. Females are against males. Police are against the criminals. Criminals are against the police. Uh, uh, citizens are against the police. Police are against the citizens. Um, gay people against straight people. Straight people against gay people. The church against the world. The world against the church. You see all these different competitive uh characteristics come about because we have made one another our enemy blaming this person for this person for this thing blaming that person for that thing nobody wants to take responsibility for anything and and we're and it's really i believe an identity issue going back to this in verse 10 i think we're naked I literally think we are walking. If you were to see yourself spiritually speaking, you're naked. You have no spiritual countenance. You have no spiritual character. You have no spiritual awareness. You, you talk about being woke. You woke in every other area but spiritually. <laughs> and your idea of being woke spiritually is getting in tune and in touch with astrology and science and, and space and energy. And all of those things are great. I'm not knocking those things. Those are some forms of uh, truth that God may be getting stuff through. But the, the ultimate truth is Jesus. The ultimate truth, Jesus is that truth. Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. Now, is that my words? No. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I'm the life. So it settles that. So we don't have to worry about what image to go to to understand who we are or where we should be reflecting ourselves by. 
we should be basing it off Christ because and the truth, because he says, I am the way for your life. I am the life for life. I am the truth in life. So he says, if you ever had any confusion, maybe Buddha maybe had confused you, Mohammed, maybe uh, Lily selling roses on the on, on the corner, confusion, maybe grandma and them, mama them, papa them. I don't know who them may be who may have confused you in your identity. But he says, if you needed some if you need some help, hey, I am the way I am the truth and I am the life. You cannot have a life without me. You don't know truth without me. You'll not have um, um, an understanding of your identity without me. I'm going to play a significant role in you because I help create you. Again, going back to Genesis 126, he says, let us, God the Father says to the Son and the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. So we have to go to him in that image to understand our image. And what we behold, we become as we're bringing these all, all these different points and even episodes home. But the problem is we're not doing that. So we don't even realize we're naked. Man, this is so good. I'm getting blessed off it already. We don't even know that we're naked, church. We don't even know as black people, white people, gay people, straight people, whatever you, you happen to be identifying with. Hopefully you're learning to identify with Christ. But we don't even know. We don't, we don't even know that we're naked. You say, well, how do we not know that we're naked? Because we haven't looked in the mirror to see that we ain't got no clothes on. We woke in every other area, but not woke spiritually. We're trying to, and then not only are we not clothed and naked, we're going to the world to try to clothe us. Let's see this in, um, I'm going to show you this in context where scripture is concerned. Let's jump down to um, what happens when you're naked. Let's see some of the consequences of nakedness and tie it back to the point I'm, I'm getting ready to make about um, our identity and being naked. So verse 12, the man said, the woman that you gave me is the reason why I pretty much ate of this tree. He's blaming the woman. Then the Lord God said, um, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Uh, we already know, we established it in episodes past, the reason why the Satan was even able to deceive her because she didn't know the truth about her and about what God said about the the tree. Just like we don't know the truth about what God's saying in the in the world and about different things in the world. We're going off hearsay and our feelings and we're never supposed to base our faith off our feelings, but unfortunately we have. So therefore, that's why we're led to the deception we're in. And so she's saying, uh, I was deceived. Uh, because I didn't know the truth. Verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you're cursed. Um, and then he's jumping, skimming down uh, to verse 15. I will now put enmity or competition or rivalry or competitiveness, all of these different uh, analogies and synonyms. I'm going to put this in between the two of you. I'm going to make the man uh, against the, the, the woman. I'm going to make the woman against the man. That's what enmity means, not to insult your intelligence. Um. And then it continues, the woman, he said, I will uh, give multiple uh, pain and childbirth and um, skimming on down. There's something I wanted to get to. Um, verse 17, because you have listened to the voice of your wife um, I, that I commanded you not to eat, um, um, you shall not that I told you not to eat from cursed is the ground that you're walking on. Hence why we're always working. I never understood this until God by his spirit gave me revelation on this. This is why not just Christians, not just black people, white people, gay people, straight people, all people feel this need or necessity to work. And for men, they get their identity off of their work. Why? Because really that's a curse to be trying to get your identity off what you do. 
is a curse because that's exactly the format the devil used to deceive them in the first place. If you do this, you'll be this. And so we've been doing this from centuries uh, ago. We've been trying to work to become instead of believe to be. We're trying to do this to be. We're trying to work to be. We're trying to be a worker bee. <laughs> Put it all together. So continue to read. See some of these curses. See some of these results and consequences for being naked now and sinning and not using going to God for the truth, not using his word and what he says about the truth in your life, not going to him to understand your identity in Christ. All these different things and points we've made. See some of the consequences that are being um, listed out here in scripture uh, as we continue to read. So we see for a quick review, we see uh, the man be cursed, the woman be cursed, the ground at which they walk on is cursed. It's now, he says in verse 17, um, or yeah, verse 17, curses the ground that you walk on. You will toil when you, you will toil to eat for all the days of your life. So he's basically saying you're going to have to work for the rest of your days of your life just to provide fruit. Before I was providing you fruit, I was supplying your needs. God should supply all your needs. Remember that scripture? I am I used to be the one doing that, but now because you've turned from me and listened to something else as your source, which should have just been your resource, I'm now going to curse that and make you now continue to work for that. And you'll never f find fulfillment in it because I cursed it. <laughs> now, this is old covenant now. Remember, we're going to the new covenant eventually to see how God has redeemed us from the curse. Glory be to God. He has redeemed us from all of these curses. But if you don't know that because you're not reading it or you're not going to it or you're ignorant of it, so on and so forth, you're not going to benefit from the blessing and the redemption he's given to us regarding it. So in verse 17 and the Amplified Classic, it says, um, I uh, excuse me, not 17. I'm getting so excited. Uh, cursed is the ground that you walk on. Yes. Verse 17. You shall toil to eat of the fruits of all uh, for all the days of your life, as I said before, I'm reiterating um, uh, in the sweat of your face. You shall eat until you return back to the ground where you were taken from. Hence why um, I reiterating the point, you're going to have to sweat and toil just to get what you normally could get for free. And by faith, you now have to work to get by through your works and through your efforts. And so he says, um, let's see a point I want to make. Um, um, uh, gosh, I'm trying to find it, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Seven, I, I, I'm, I was going down. So we see some of the consequences of them sinning and falling short and uh, going to the wrong tree, the wrong source to get their identity and get their supply. So we see some of those consequences there. I've listed those out, which are identified as curses. But the point I wanted to make was actually in verse seven. Um, after they immediately after they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this is what happened. Verse seven says, I'm going to read it now that I got to it. Um, once they sinned, ate of the, the, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, their eyes immediately were open. We see that in verse seven, it says, as their eyes were immediately open, that's when they believed that they were naked. I guess this is, uh, I stand corrected. This is the first mention of the word naked. So scratch my last statement from the other podcast <laughs> episode where I said, um, that was the first mention of it. It seems like in verse seven, that's the first mention of naked. So it says, this is when they knew or believed that they were naked. And this is what they did. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves a covering. Now, this is really important. Now, when we talk about this covering that 
Adam and Eve began to um, create when they had sinned. The moment their eyes were open, they became naked. They knew that they were naked, believed that they were naked. They What did they run to to get clothed? They went to the world. They went back to the world, to society, just like we're doing now in our day and age today. We're going back to society to try to get something from them that they don't even have to give us. We're going back to them to try to tell us who we are, to try to help us understand who we are. And then what we're called to do and what we're supposed to do, we're looking to them when they did not create us. I see this a lot with the LGBT community. Hence why they have even come up with all these different um, identities because they keep going to the world. They keep going to science. They keep going to all these people who are still trying to figure it out themselves to try to help them to understand themselves. Hence why it went from because, you know, it went from LGBT to QIAP. Now it's non-binary and part of that. All these different things they are going to work their way literally through the whole alphabet. I know we've heard that joke plenty of times, but uh, not to make joke or lie of it, but literally it's telling you that people are not understanding who they are they're misunderstanding who they are and they're and they're it's almost like they they are excuse me my mic went out they are um it's almost like they are stumbling across who they are they're trying to still understand who they are and they're just adapting whatever makes sense at the moment now again this may seem like a far-fetched thing to correlate with our story today what does this have to do with adam and eve and them showing sewing fig leaves on their person like it says in verse seven well i've really correlate the two because Adam and Eve could have just went right back to God to get back clothed what they lost by sinning. But because of their sin and their particular sin, it made them feel shamed and made them feel afraid and it isolated them from God instead of getting them to run to God. So since they have labeled us now, they can now limit us. I remember an old pastor teaching what they can label, they can limit. My old pastor, Pastor Mike, would teach that. And I love that saying one of the you know, many things I remember that he taught us that never pretty much let somebody label you because when they do, they limit you. And because we continue to let them, whoever them are, it can be whatever group of people you're identifying with. Since you continue to allow them to label you, they are going to limit you. And this is how uh, this is how so I should say it's because if you allow them to label you, they're only going to, you have to go back to them to tell you what you can do and what you can't do. Hence why when people come to you and tell you, you can't do that, or you can't do that, you can't do this, you can't do this. It's because it's coming from the projection that they see you as. So if they see you as maybe a woman, they'll come to you and say, you can't preach. You're not a preacher because why we've labeled you as a woman and women don't preach, even though contrary to scripture, that's what they believe, but that's not what scripture really believes. But I'm not going to even tackle on that. So they'll label you and now, therefore, they can limit you. Let's take another example. Black people, you know, black people, you know, I've even heard people say this. Black people don't do that. Well, I first, which I'm not black first. I'm disciple first. So I'm able to do all things. Watch this through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know who's strengthening you or who's weakening you, but I can do all things. So just because most black people don't do this or most black people don't have that doesn't mean I can't because I'm not going to allow you to label me and limit me. Take another example. Christians, you know, you know, the Bible doesn't talk about prosperity. You're not supposed to be prosperous. God doesn't want you rich, so on and so forth. Depending on how you the context of which you say that, you know, as we were talking about last week, um, you may be right. But majority of the time you are wrong because what happens is you think because 
you don't have it, they can't have it or we can't have it. And so they'll say, you know, you're not supposed to have this or have that. What is a preacher doing with this? And what is a Christian doing with that? Well, you've labeled me as what you what you have uh, deemed me to be. And now you've limited me because you have defined me instead of allowing me to define me. And really, I'm defining me and you should be defining you based off scripture and, and Jesus and the truth, as we said. But Again, now they they labeled us that. Now they're going to limit us to that. And now they're mad that you have this or you're doing this or you're going here, you're going there, you're doing this or you're doing that because they that doesn't match their label. And really, this is what it comes down to, even though we're talking about nakedness today. This is what it comes down to. They want to be the one to clothe you. They want to be the one to label you. They want to be the one to control you. So when they do not see you. Uh, identifying with what they've labeled you, you are called countercultural. You're also called controversial. You're also called what this is. This is this is radical. You're called countercultural and and rebellious. And we have to censor you now. Censorship. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's even gone into that. That's how that's how wicked this has become. We not we, but society has come into this idea of where we're going to censor you if you're not going to allow me allow us to limit you. And the only way they can limit you is if they label you. And the only way they can label you is if they have defined or defound you. And remember, they cannot define what they did not create. So really what I'm trying to do is liberate you by teaching you identity and helping you to understand these different concepts that I have learned. So you can feel accepted, experience change and practice self-control. Yeah, but also so you can be free. Free from who? Free from the people who you have allowed to clothe you. Free from the people who allow you have you have allowed to tell you who you are, what you can and can't do. From society and the norms and values thereof. No, we don't base our life off of that as believers or Christians. We base it off the word of God and off the spirit of God. And when I look at the spirit and look at the word, he, he says, I can have all things. I can. The, the Bible literally says you can have whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Mark eleven twenty four whatsoever things you, I don't know if you need that in the Greek or the Hebrew, but it means the same thing. Whatsoever things you can have when you pray, man, that's radical. You can have whatever you believe you can receive. Of course, as long as it lines up with scripture, you can have that. Even if the world doesn't have it, even if the black people, that person doesn't have it, the white person, the Democrat, the Republican. Yeah, you, we're not basing what we have or what we got or even who we are off them unless you are. So now you're going to be limited to them. So I'm really trying to liberate you. I don't know. And I even see this even where let's take another example. Pastors and leadership. You know, I've heard so many people talk about they don't believe in prosperity. They don't believe in the word of faith movement, all these different doctrinal things that they're they're using again to limit us. And it's interesting. The same people who say they don't believe that are still benefiting off that. How do you not believe in prosperity, but you're currently prospering? How do you not believe in the word of faith when you have faith? How do you not, you're saying stuff you, you, you don't believe that you really believe because you're benefiting from it. Let's, let's take the prosperity example. You can't tell me you don't believe in prosperity. If you took the stimulus check, you can't tell me you don't believe in prosperity. If you live in America as prosperous of a country as we are, you cannot simply tell me you don't believe that. But again, you allow them to limit you from that because they labeled you. Christians ought not have that. What are you doing with that? I had a friend went to work. Him and his he, he's married. Him and his wife had intimate time the night before. I'm not going to get too detailed for you, but I'm pretty sure you know what I mean by that. And so they went to the, 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 the he went to work the night before and he had a hickey on his neck. And the unbelievers there said to him, what are you doing with that? What is a, he, they literally said, what is a Christian doing with a hickey on their neck? A Christian ought not have that. Wait, what? 
a Christian ought not have that. Who told you that? <laughs> I guarantee you with society. I guarantee you. Now, I'm going deeper and a little bit out there with some of these examples. So I'll bring it back home because what this all has to do with identity is the fact that society has been guilty of trying to define us when they did not create us. And since we continue to go to them for that, we allow them now to limit us. And now we're mad at society trying to get them to treat us equal, make us equal, make us in unity and harmony with one another, pay equal, treated equal live equally and peacefully among one another, thinking that they can do that when it was really their fault for why we're even in this mess in the beginning to begin with. But again, going deeper. So um, to bring these all these points home, I think we're going to have to now start defending and standing up for what it is that we believe in, not arguing it, not debating it. No, I'm not talking about that defending. I'm talking about do not allow anybody to put anything on you that God did not put in you. God, it, even if it's something that you maybe missed or you messed up or you sinned or something like that, like I said before, go back to God to get it redeemed, get it cleared up, to get it back fixed or whatever else you need to do. But make sure you go back to him. Don't go to society because society is just going to leave you worse off than you were when you when you when you came. So um, we're going to have to defend, like I said, our identity. We're going to have to stand up for it, defend it and protect it, because if not, the devil's going to come in just like he did with the serpent and deceive us and take it from us by telling, tell us you got to do this to get this. Or you got you can't do that because you are this. You cannot define me because you did not create me. So as I said before. God interrupted a little bit of his sovereignty when he gave us uh, authority. So we have to use that authority in the context of where our identity is concerned by defending it. Do not allow them to make, to clothe you, to label you, and do not allow them to limit you. So if so, you're going to allow them to continue to strip you of everything that God gave you a right to have. Now, we have been stripped of our identity because we are not using our authority. And that's where I, I mentioned the authority portion in my notes. We are um, walking around naked, afraid and destitute. And hence why we're so insecure. And if we're going to need if we're going to want security back, we're going to have to go to the right place in person who has said security, which is Jesus Christ himself, which we will learn and see him through the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, the enemy has been successful in stealing and killing and destroying us because we're not defending us. We're not def standing up and defending what God has given us, who we are in Christ, the benefits and the blessings he's given us by Christ and the provision and the supply that comes from Christ by way of his spirit. Um, again, authority. We're going to have to start using authority as a answer to all of these issues that I'm discussing. The next thing I think we're going to need to do. Um, as a quick little list of some stuff you can apply is we need to know the truth. As I said before, continue to reiterate, since this is our Truth Over Tea podcast, what is the truth? The truth is Jesus. Jesus is uh, revealed through the gospel. With using that truth, knowing what it is now, that's how we're going to be able to understand who we are and then be able to defend who we are. So make sure we know the truth. That's the second point. Next, make sure we know the truth, not the toot. But we have to make sure we know the truth. That's the second point. The third point is in my notes. You're going to need to confess. Confession. We've been talking about that. Power in words, power in confession. You're going to need to confess it. Now, I'm going to get into a deeper study on exactly what I think you should be confessing, understanding a little bit more now exactly who you are by the truth that we're going to be talking about in episodes to come. But until then, you need to be confessing some of the stuff I have already told you and showed you through scripture in the truth about who you are. Not what you feel, not what you've done, not what they've said, but who you are. 
So in doing so, those three things can begin to help you to not only get clothed, but feel clothed. And now you'll feel that acceptance, that security, that um, uh, benefits and blessings that we were talking about that you get from God now that you understand how to secure yourself in your identity understanding those three components. So again, just for a quick reiteration, you need to go to the truth. I'm saying I'm out of order, but you need to go back to the truth, knowing that's the gospel of grace to discover who you are. You need to defend that at all costs. Do not let anybody take that from you or tell you anything or label you or limit you. Third thing, you're going to need to confess it daily. I think you should do this on a day-to-day basis, not a week-to-week basis. Daily, you should wake up confessing who you are in Christ and what Christ has to say about you. So it can change your identity and perspective and then also help you to defend it when something else contrary comes against it. So when the slew foot one or the serpent comes into your garden saying, hath God said, he's not going to be convincing you or deceiving you by trying to get you to do something to be who you already are or try to get you to go to a, a contrary source to, to understand who you are. So I leave that with you. God accepts you. Grace changes you and you can't control you. And I pray that you are experiencing those things through the understanding of your identity. Until next time, I leave that with you.